Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the Brick Geek Podcast, episode 5 for Sunday, 23rd of June, 2019, with Mike and Dave. Hi. Hello. How's your week been? Uh, crappy. I've been ill for pretty much the whole week. How was your week? Uh, I've been busy. We're trying to get the podcast up on various platforms and in a, uh, a state to be transmitted. Well, I don't think there ever could be in that state. So we're up on Spotify now. We're in reviewing for iTunes, so hopefully that'll be up there soon. And I need to add us to Google Play or something like that. There's some Google one as well. So I'll get up that up. I get that up there on there. And um. Eventually, you get get us up on YouTube at some point as well. Cool. So, you the, anything um, topic worthy this week? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even though that took up most of my free time during this week, I did manage to play some Witcher Three, uh, the Hearts of the Stone nice. expansion. I played some Divinity Original Sin, uh, a VR game called Transference. And Beat Saber. Also Super Lucky's Tale in VR. And I read Judge Dread Origins. Sounds cool. I um, had a, a bit of bedtime being unwell. So I uh, binged Good Omens. Um, watched the whole of that. I um, watched the uh, finale for... Buffy season five. Um started season six, but we won't talk about season six. Watched John Wick and John Wick chapter two. Uh, uh read the third book uh Strontium Dog book from the two thousand AD Ultimate Collection. And also heard some sad news that DC was shuttering Vertigo. That's me. So what does that mean? They're shuttering Vertigo. It, it it basically means the brand is going to die. Vertigo as a brand will no longer exist. That uh, originally Vertigo was created to be kind of a more adult focused brand for DC. Now they've got um, I forget what they they call the, the the various DC groups, but they've got essentially everything tagged under a DC. Um, title now and the kind of aimed at adults section will be where most of the Vertigo current content will go so the, the, the thing is with Vertigo, Vertigo wasn't just 
kind of adult content. It was also uh, like the new and aspiring comic book writers with their own material. And so things like Watchmen, which wasn't exactly... Well, okay, maybe that was more adult-oriented, but didn't necessarily have to be. Uh, that was put under Vertigo because of the fact that it's, um, you know, not a DC Universe story. So they've kind of now tried to bring everything into DC as a brand. So hopefully it doesn't mean anything bad that we still get lots of uh, original material. But if not, I'm sure other comic book publishers will uh, jump on that bandwagon for us. So it shouldn't mean any changes then? It shouldn't, but I I fear that it might mean we have less original material. Okay. What about the current stuff on Vertigo? Is that safe? I believe that's going over to the new DC brand. What I'm more interested in is the fact that I'm trying to collect Sandman and Lucifer at the moment. Is that going to be? Yeah, is that going to cause problems for me? At this point, I don't think so. Okay. You know, you, you, they're always a little bit vague about these things, other than they're shuttering the brand. Um, but I think you'll be safe. So okay, we're going to go into uh, TV now. So. We'll just go for a second and then we'll have, uh, we'll go on to what we've been watching. We now therefore proudly present an item on a lot of more serious days. Have you tried Game of Thrones? So I'll go for the oldest stuff first, uh, which was Buffy Season 5. So as I alluded to, I didn't find this quite as tedious uh, as I thought I would, uh, being Season 5. Me thinking that was the second weakest, with season six being the, the weaker series for me. Um, well, I was right about season six a little bit, but uh, we go on to that in another podcast when I've watched the whole of season six. But yeah, season five, I found a, a lot less, you know, the, the whole Riley moments and uh, Buffy struggling with. Uh, glory and glory's powers and how glory was you know essentially a god so buffy season five uh essentially picks up where buffy's having um this relationship with a, a guy who you know a military guy she's actually um let's take a step back a little bit she's uh pining over angel who's left Sunnydale moved on to pastures new and she's kind of a bit bent out of shape about that um so she's with Riley she's um kind of kind of happy with him but Riley is uh this military guy who if we go back to season four was taking certain substances to uh, to heighten his strength and power so he was able to keep up with the sled. In season five, that kind of railroads off onto, you know, essentially drug abuse and bad things, um, which leaves Buffy essentially on her own. And unfortunately for Buffy, she's having to face a quite powerful 
demigod. No, not a demigod, actually a god. Um, she's having to fight a god from a hell dimension. And that god is called Glory, or Glorificus. And she essentially is unbeatable, unkillable. And uh, that, that makes it very difficult for Buffy to succeed. Uh, Buffy being the protagonist, you know, that she will succeed, but it's how she gets there. It's the journey that matters. And, uh, yeah, so that, that, that season um, <coughs> goes through where Buffy... Well, she, she has a new arrival in the family, and how that new arrival came to the family is outlined during those episodes, and also how Glory uh, is going to ascend to her full power. Because Glory is currently in a weakened state, um, taking on uh, the the bodily um, presence of a mortal. And essentially you, you work out through the season how she got there. And then Buffy has to face off her and her acolytes at the end of the season. That's pretty much it as a, a vague <laughs> description of the season. So what about it do you remember um, originally not liking about it, about this season? Because you, well, you said at the beginning that you didn't rem- remember it fondly. Yeah, I, I, I remembered enjoying uh, the, the kind of glory side of things. I liked glory as a bad guy. Um and I liked some of the other aspects of it. What I didn't like is kind of, I guess, the ending of the Riley saga and the kind of start of a new um, love interest, shall we say? Okay. So those, those things I found tedious, and it, I think uh, later on. Uh, they they put less em- emphasis on her um, love interest. Not season six, but you know towards the end. But uh, before that, pretty much every season had to have a love interest, and it was just kind of tedious. I know it started out as a, a teen drama, but you think that this is by now five seasons in. Most of the people that were teenagers when they started were no longer teenagers by this point. <coughs> well, I think so. Well, I think um, it, that actually never ends in the show. Yeah, I can't remember, but we're going to get through the whole of Buffy at some point. So. Yeah. But I always had fond memories of Five. I always remember liking Two. Well, One, Two, and Five. <laughs> That's what I remembered uh, before I watched it recently. And then when I watched it recently, I pretty much liked all of them, up to five, and then six or seven I didn't. Yeah, even six has some good episodes. Oh yeah, they they have good episodes, six and seven do. I I think actually six has one of the best episodes ever of Buffy, but yeah, as a a whole idea, it's just a bit crappy with the you know the free studios 
I think also six and seven have one some of the worst episodes ever in Buffy as well. Just yes, to yeah. balance they, it out for some reason. Good episodes, they, they terrible swing. episodes. They swing massively from something like Once More with Feeling to the episode before that I think was a, a six or even a five point nine. Um Once More with Feeling I believe was a eight point nine. Let me just quickly check that. What's more with feeling? What's well, a no, good nine 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 point eight? It's a good episode for what it is, but well, and also it does actually. It talks about some of the um, the issues during there. You know, just they they sing it out. They, so they do. It, it's, it's pretty good for that as well. Some it's of the actors good. clearly can't sing, but <laughs> auto tune for the win. But the, the surrounding not... episodes, all the way, was a six point two. Well, I just feel that, then... that although it's yeah, it's a good episode, but I think if it was in one of the better seasons. I don't think it would have stood out as much. Yeah. But also it's but, that it's that um period of history as well when that sort of thing wasn't really done. But nowadays you get a lot of um odd fantastical one off episodes and stuff because of this. So although because it's a pioneer, it's given a lot of love. But I, it, I don't think it was the pioneer, but it's one of the first. Well, I don't remember any other TV show having such That's crazy one-offs. Like what? I don't think there was any, was there? Yeah. Let me just have a look. Um, I don't remember what it was called, but... Uh, I remember it being mentioned that it was it was a risk. It was still a big risk because only... I believe only one or two others, I think it's one other, had done it before. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't mean literally right. the musical episode. I just mean a special one-off that's around a gimmick. Because this Hush... Uh, is there another one? Yeah. That's just a gimmick Hush episode. Um, well, there are in Angel... I don't remember any more in Buffy. Are there any in Angel? I don't think there's really any gimmick episodes. Well, so apparently one, maybe. Yeah, there's quite a few that have done this. What, musical um, or what? Yeah, it's musicals. Yeah, as well. But, uh, but yeah. What, before Buffy? So before... Um, well, you know. Scrubs, but I don't know if that was before Buffy or not. It was Scrubs. It's a comedy. <laughs> it doesn't matter, mate. It does. And X Files season nine. I don't know. X Files had its musical. Apparently, I dropped off way before that. When was X Files season nine? Um, no, Buffy. Oh, yeah, might have been just before Buffy actually. By year, yeah. By by year. Okay. By year. That yeah, sounds like I a terrible idea. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. 
I love Scully. Why do I want to hear her sing? Dex Files Season 9, Episode 13, Improbable. I especially don't want to hear Mulder singing. It fits okay. better in Buffy's fantastical world than having aliens do it or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how it worked. I haven't seen it. Maybe we should start binging um, X-Files and talk about that. Anyway, moving, sure I could back cope. To season, <laughs> moving back to season um, five of Buffy. Yeah, generally I enjoyed it. There were a couple of dud episodes. Um, possibly name those. So, starts off with um, Buffy versus Dracula in the, the first episode of season five which it's got a good rating but i see that as a bit of a dud because it um it in no way connects to the rest of the season no way no that's true and i also thought that him being like the most famous and well-known vampire he was um not it wasn't much of anything really yeah. He got dispatched so, yeah. fairly easily. <coughs> so generally good episodes, but um yeah, that was one I thought was pretty weak and then there are a couple around Joyce and her hospitalization. I'm not be belittling that, but the, the actual content of the the stories around that were quite weak in my opinion. Interesting. When we get into spoilers, I'll talk more about that. But yeah, I thought they were pretty strong actually some of the later ones definitely and yeah some of the the more shocking ones i would say so but there are some yeah i'd say like um listening to fear well you i mean you can list the episodes but i'm not gonna remember what they are (laughs) well this is the one where a demon emerges from a meteorite right the leech things yeah okay yes yeah that one's quite weak um, yeah, okay. I'll agree with that. And then, yeah. So, <coughs> yeah, so, uh, that, you know, th- there are mostly good episodes. So we're talking 2001. It's quite a long time ago now, so I think spoilers are, must be out of the window by now anyway. Well, no, because, like, a- I'm Eva. Joking. I'm a- joking. Eva's never seen them. Nah. She may never see them. I don't think good shows really um, have a sell by date. Oh, they do in many respects. You know, it's a lot of these things you watch because your friends or family are watching them. I watched through Babylon 5 for the first time, like last year. I'm pretty sure you watched that before. I I watched the old episodes, yeah, Yeah. but I never watched all of them. You had an inkling on whether you would like them or not. Well, I like sci-fi, so I was like, yep, I was going to give that a try. It's like Stargate. I've never watched all of Stargate. And I never watched all of West Wing until a couple of years ago when I bought them on DVD and went through all of that. And that's a very old show. I watched show, all now. of Stargate and then I watched Stargate Atlantis and, yeah, watched a lot of Stargate. Yeah, I've seen all of Stargate Atlantis and the one they gave up on. Uh, Universe, was it? Stargate Universe? Yeah. But I've not seen all of SG-1. 
SG1 did go for a long time. But uh, yeah, Atlantis was where uh, Mr. Aquaman got his name. I think his name there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't call him Mr. Aquaman on there. Or Cole Drogo. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, it was Atlantis. It might have been. Okay, so... Should we go into spoilers then? Yeah, we're going to spoilers on Buffy. Um, so, if you haven't seen Buffy Season 5, and you want to, then I should say don't listen to the spoilers. If you've already seen it, then go ahead. Or if you don't care, then go ahead. So now we'll go into the spoiler section. Okay, so, like I said, Buffy vs. Dracula for me, it's, a, it's got a good rating for the episode, but it's not there. This is just yeah, playing up to the fans a little bit. Well, it's one of those episodes Dracula. that I completely forgot about, so. Yeah, and then we start into quite a weak episode of The Real Me for um, Dawny, who's uh, Buffy's new baby sister, who doesn't exist in season four. Uh, Which was, on, when I first on. saw this live on TV, I felt like they aired the wrong season or the wrong episode or something. Because back yeah. then, we didn't really have internet or anything, really. And America had stuff, like, years before we did, usually, for stuff. And so when they aired this, and they showed the credits, I was like, who's this person? And then I was like, hey, this is my sister, Dawn. I was like, what? But you're acting like she's always been there. I'm confused. What's going on? But eventually you find out the um, the reason why. I think it's late, late to that episode. But yeah, to start with, it was very jarring. It was. And that first episode... Well, I say first episode because I'm ignoring Dracula. That first episode is also... Oh, was it not that one? one? Oh, you see what I mean about Dracula? <laughs> with Harmony and her vampire gang. So that meh. And so next episode... Uh, the replacement is when a demon creates a Xander double. And right. Xander double. Yeah. Yeah, that that's really cringy. It's quite a good episode, but it's pretty cringy because uh, it takes all of the best parts of Xander and all the worst parts of Xander, and he thinks that one of them's obviously too suave to be Xander, and the other one's um, too much of an adult to be Xander, and realizes that actually he's got all those qualities. Yeah, well, I, I think, think this actually... season was very Xander heavy, right? Is this the season that had uh, um, what was that episode called? Ah, shit! Nope, the one where it's running around for looking for a bomb. Is that is that this no, season? No, I think that's a pre. You mean when he's a military man? No. Okay. When he's getting sidelined by everybody. And it ends up just a Xander episode, where he's the focus of the of the show. I believe that's uh, one of the Halloween episodes, and that might be. It's not Halloween three. episode, but it's season four, where he he definitely uh, diffuses the situation. I think it was season four. It's um, we, we go through anyway because I'm going to go through every episode very quickly. So anyway, the replacement was Xander's double. That that worked out really nicely. Then. Um, 
got out of my mind where Riley's health starts to deteriorate. This is where I've talked about, you know, Riley having his health issues because he was on the the drugs fed to him by the, the order. And Spike and Harmony force a surgeon to remove the behavior modification chip embedded into Spike's brain. Spoiler alert, it fails. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's that, how that episode goes. Uh, no Place Like Home is the, the following episode. It's a, actually, Out of My Mind is actually quite a strong episode. No, no Place Like Home kind of is more a mid-level. Uh, Buffy learns more about Dawn after she discovers the mysterious orb linked to a group of monks being pursued by the incredibly powerful force, which is Glory. And, uh, yeah, she kind of finds out about this orb being used to repel Glory and um, finds out more about the key. So I was thinking of episode of season three. I was thinking of the Zeppo. Okay. I knew it was an earlier episode. Yeah. Um, then we've got family, which is when when relatives uh, arrive in Sunnydale to celebrate her birthday. Tara uses a magic spell on her friends to keep them from learning her secret. What did and you I think, think of that? Being... Well, that episode, family. I quite like that one because you don't really. It wasn't that highly rated on IMDb, but for me, you found out more about Tara. Before that, Tara is just this kind of mystery girl that is dating um, uh, Willow and nothing more. And I think they needed something like that to give you enough of uh, a feeling for her in in future seasons. Because she just appears and it's like they're just introducing a new character that's part of the Scooby gang. What did you think to what she did? What, using a spell to try and hide her secret? Um, I think it it means that she's a bit of a hypocrite when she complains about Willow in future episodes, seasons. (laughs) Let's go on. Fool for Love is next up. Um, We'd have to go for every single episode. I'll just go for a few of them. This one's actually a really good one because it's it really is about Buffy um, confronting her mortality, and you know she gets bested in a battle with an ordinary vampire, no no special guy, and you know, essentially Spike, uh, Spike um, pretty much says it all by saying, "All we need is one lucky day." And, that's pretty much how that episode ends. But it's you know the the material in there is very very good. How's that end then? I quite enjoyed. Sorry, you said that's how it ends. So how did it end? With Spike telling Buffy that pretty much all they need is one lucky day. Oh, it sounds like looking for. It sounded like you were saying that something happened to prove that right. Oh no no. No, okay. It's just a thing he said. Yeah, I don't remember, like, in detail all these episodes. Just the ones that stood out to me. Like, yeah, my my um, my main thing for this season, my best episode, the one I thought was the best, was the body. 
Yeah, I believe everyone thinks that. And um, if we get on that, uh, Full for Love is one of the best that people think about. So I'm going to just skip through the next few because they're all pretty meh episodes. That's The Shadow Listening to Fear and Into the Woods. They they all go around um, Riley and making relationships and Riley basically buggers off to another country, <coughs> leaving Buffy in the lurch. Um, now this is after Riley has um, caught up been caught basically taking uh, a vampire and letting that vampire feed on him. <coughs> Which I'm not sure vampire what junkie. the implication of that is. Because is that cheating? Is that like essentially drug abuse? I'm not. I think, is it, it, yeah, I think it's supposed to be. I think it's the association with um, drug abuse. Yeah, that's how it feels because he goes into what is essentially a drug den and and yeah. is like shooting up a vampire but but the bite is supposed to be fairly intimate as well with a vampire so it's it's hard to take but yeah this season what I, I quite I quite liked him in season 4 uh, Riley but in season 5 I I just wanted him gone, really. And I guess the writers did too by uh, kind of ruining his character, I guess. Yep. Yeah. It's a shame. They did destroy that character. I thought the character was pretty good. I didn't like him first time round, but uh, when I watched season four, I, I quite enjoyed his presence there. I think he did add a dimension to it. I think uh, they'd been better so off than, just uh, killing him. Yeah, instead yeah, of ruining yeah, ruining him, but they do do bring him back for odd episodes. Yeah, which would well, have been better if they episode. didn't. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's the crush where Buffy learns that Spike has a crush on her, and that happens to be the same episode that Drusilla comes back into town, and then basically Spike has to pick between Buffy and Drusilla, and he picks Buffy in a really messed up way. Uh, Essentially, ties them both up and uh, yeah, says he's going to stake Drusilla. And yeah, I think he just ends up failing miserably. But yeah, uh, that that's pretty meh. It's yeah, it's got a good rating. But I I like parts of it, but I, I'm not a big fan of the Buffy Spike love interest. I actually thought that was pretty awful. It is not pretty weird. At all. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't, believable. I don't mind it in season five so much. But I think that's because it's toned down. In season six, it's really in real face. So it's like every time Buffy wants a boink, she goes there. But anyway, um, then we sadly go into the body where Buffy, at the end of the previous episode, comes home to find Mummy um, lying with her eyes open on the sofa, motionless. And in the the body... Essentially, Buffy has to try and give CPR, and it, it's a real um, kind of humbling moment. It's a, it's a really odd thing for this show to have, but it's yeah, it's very, very much uh, hurts you in the right, right in the um, the feels. Yeah, it's very painful to watch. Yeah. 
and they it do is, a really yeah. good job but, of it. Was the cinematography? I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I think it was the nicest way to um, deal with uh, the departure of that actress. Yeah, so that that was a big one for me. But what did you think of Joyce I, as a character? Um, well, she starts off playing the nagging mum. And I think she mellows that down as Buffy gets older, and I kind of liked the way they interacted. It did have a very much a mother-daughter relationship in the show. Um, the the odd relationship she had with um, with Giles, which was that was interesting, but yeah, I think she was a good mum character, so definitely a sidelined character. I thought she was a bad parent. I did, do not agree that she's you know she's definitely a bad parent. I mean, she lets her daughter go out all night or every night, but uh, yeah, and like ignores all the blood and stuff on her clothes. Yeah, but she uh, knows she's a, a slayer at this point. She does, yeah. She knows, she, but but yeah, she, all the time before that, in the early she's an days, awful parent. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the following episode from that uh, is the one where. Dawn tries to bring back Joyce from the dead. She's successful, but uh, backtracks that immediately as soon as Buffy tells her why she's been so withdrawn, that she's trying to protect Dawn from her feelings. Um, After that, Buffy goes off in search of embracing the first Slayer, um, and Spike makes a Buffy bot or something. Uh... Which yeah, is interesting. At this point, well, yeah, because knows you, you skip. Slayer... Did you skip over that terrible episode where guys made female robots for sex? Yes, I did. Warren, Warren did, um, and, and Warren's one of the bad guys in season six. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's really cringeworthy, and thankfully that just. Dies pretty quickly too. Uh, in the following episode, and I, I kind of, I disagree with the, this episode's rating. This episode is where Tara loses her mind because Glory thinks she's the key, realizes she's just human, and then just snacks on her. And uh, again, I think this is this smells like. Uh, them being safe because it's a character that people have only had a few weeks to um, get to grips with, and they've they've done that. If they'd picked someone like Xander, it would have been uh, it would have had more of an impact. Um, two at this point, uh, not even two, not two full seasons because it starts off with Oz and season four. So yeah. She she hadn't been around for that long at this point. So I said, she okay, she was in the previous season, so yeah, they've had a bit of time to get to know her. Uh, but not that long, really, because you don't really get to know her until her family appears, and that's in the same season. Are well, you making me feel like this season's uh, a bad season? <laughs> no, it, it's good. It's a good season. It's got some really standout episodes. It's just, uh, no, I'm just saying that 
Tough Love could have been a stronger episode if they'd picked a different uh, hero to mangle. Um, essentially, the gang tried to run away at that point, and um, that fails miserably because, uh, yeah, essentially, Arvi turns over through i can't remember exactly what reason but uh giles is driving so there you go brits can't drive um, they can't drive they're just villains uh yeah. essentially at that point you've got the the gang that you know the the knights that want to kill the key and glory's people who want to use the key and then glory is summoned in part by um, the fact that Buffy asks for Ben's help in saving uh, Giles, who has a lance in his side from um, one of those knights. So Ben's over, turns into glory, and then takes the key, which is Dawn. And no one can remember that because no one can know that relationship. However... In the following episodes, The Weight of the Worlds, um, Glory and Ben are struggling. They're kind of merging as two characters. And uh, that means that people are then able to know that Ben is Glory and vice versa. But um, Ben ultimately turns out to be just as bad as Glory in that he decides to let Glory kill um, Dawn for her powers essentially, to, to open the gateway. Then the, the final episode, The Gift, um, this is where Glory has to be defeated by Buffy, <coughs> and essentially all they had to do is um, make her wait too long. They just had to wait her out. Uh, and that that's reasonably successful. However, um, another demon who happens to also praise Glory... Uh, is up on the uh, the roof where Dawn is strapped and decides to do a bit of bloodletting himself. That bloodletting starts opening a portal. They manage to stop the bleed, but the portal's already open. So um, Dawn's blood, which happens to be made of the same substance as Buffy's blood, because that's how they, they made Dawn, uh, the only way that she could close the gate is to die. And so Buffy sacrifices herself instead of uh, letting Dawn die. And that's the end of the season. And I think that so would the, have the, been a fitting ending for the entire series. I think so too. I, I mean, that was a good episode, honestly. I think it, if you stop there, then you don't miss anything that interesting i'm continuing to go and i'm continuing to go on because i want to read the the comic book well, it's the best on. story for her because she dies a hero yes and she's done everything yeah. she and set out to yeah although um i mean I it would have been you... i think it would have been a bittersweet ending but i think it would have been a more satisfying ending possibly 
And if you wanted to have any continuation, you've got Scooby Gang there that, you know, they're going to fight the good fight. And there's always another Slayer, so... There is always another Slayer. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see any appearance of an additional Slayer in Season 6. And, honestly, whilst... Yes, Season 6 is poor and Season 7 is poor in many episodes... I do like the character Jacob. Come on, season six now. Oh, that's season seven. Oh, okay. Oh, not Jacob, sorry. Caleb. Yeah, Caleb. <laughs> that's the one, yeah. And not just because I'm a big fan of Firefly. And, yeah, so overall, I think season five is a very good season. I, I think it, it wins out for me on season four. Just about. I think season four had some stronger uh, kind of mid-level episodes. But it had um, some very, very weak episodes in there as well. I mean, Hush is in season four. And Hush is one of the best episodes of Buffy. Yeah, it's a fantastic episode. It is, yeah. But there there are many good episodes in Season 4. So I think, for me, Season 5 edges it just, but it's a marginal thing. And I honestly think um, when you, you look at Season, say, 3, which is actually a really good season, there's only one mediocre episode in there. And by mediocre... I mean something that's less than an 8 by user ratings. Um, and that's a 6.2, which is gingerbread. Whereas if you look at the later seasons, like 4, 5, and then you go to 6, 7, where it gets really weak, they, they've got you know many good episodes, but then some really, really bad ones, like 5s and 4s are hidden in there. And you know they're bad episodes if people think that. There are like definitely episodes that I would say stand out episodes in season six. For example, um, we're already talking about it, Once More Revealing. That's a really good episode on its own. Yeah, on its own. The problem is the rest of the season's kind of garbage. But you have to watch the other to get the context of the singing. Annoyingly, <laughs> yeah. Respect. Which hurts the episode, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Then I watched John Wick and John Wick 2. John Wick just seems to be a badass who's retired. He's obviously in some kind of um, assassin club type scenario. Um, he is very good at what he does. He's a very focused individual, as they like to point out on many occasions. And yeah, he does like his doggies. Uh, unfortunately some bad guys don't like his doggies and that means he has to go and kill those bad guys uh, that's pretty well, you have to when you have John to save Wick. the doggos I know that's John Wick 1 John Wick 2 is he's made a, a promise to a bad guy basically he owes that bad guy a favour that bad guy is an idiot and doesn't go by his suggestion of really don't call this in because it's going to be bad for you uh, and then the whole film is about him 
um, getting back at that bad guy. And then actually that in turn follows on for um, the, the after effects of that follow on for John Wick Chapter 3. So yeah, that's it. it is in a gist. It's um, it's pretty much an out and out action movie. Um, and yeah, you could argue it's a crime movie because it's you know it's kind of got mafia interests in many respects. Yeah, it's not it's not very so, strong in the storytelling, but no, no fun action. It's very good in the action. Yeah, the cinema, cinematography is amazing, and yeah, that's all I can say really. It's good. Watch it, but don't use your brain. Okay, so we'll go on to uh, video games. Beware, coward. So uh, during E3, Transference was on sale for um, a pound. Have you heard of that? Sorry, what was that? Transference. Ah, yeah, I've heard of the game. Yeah, yeah, it's promoted for a pound. Eight pound. Ah. For a pound, that would just be a steal, wouldn't it? (laughs) A few years ago, Elijah Wood promoted it on E3. You might have seen that. No, I've I've definitely heard of it. I just yeah. So how's it play? Well, originally it's a. I think it was originally meant to be a VR game, and setting is about a person trans. Well, a scientist tried to transfer the human consciousness into a virtual reality environment. It kind of like, um, kind of like immortalizing them. Um, I guess if you've had some kind of accident, like you're in a coma or whatever, it's a way to preserve preserve life in in some sense. And and so inevitably, this ends up being a horror game. I had a few issues with this. First, going into the game, um, I think it was originally VR. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it was both. But when you go into into the game, you have to go into the options menu to turn on VR. It's not automatically in VR, which is a bit of a pain. Okay. Yeah, that is annoying, because even the um, when you look at the Steam store, for example, it gives you the feeling that it's just VR yeah. implicitly. Yeah. And then when you're in the game, you have to walk around using analog sticks. Which what? Yeah, which makes me feel sick. So I tried yeah. to play it, and VR in horror. This is my first horror experience in VR. And it's incredibly unsettling. My body, my body yes. doesn't seem to understand that it's not real. It's like, no, I don't want to go through that door. No, I don't want to go down that, crying. that um, alleyway. Not crying, but it's like... I, my body is definitely resisting exploring the environment. So... That with... Make like feeling a bit queasy from walking around with analog sticks. I was just like, no. So, yeah, I will play through um, through the game, but not in VR. And for eight quid, it was kind of worth trying anyway. 
But yeah, not great. Experience I was going to wish yeah. list it at that price, but uh, yeah, you don't think you just put me off because I, I do get motion sick from having that kind of locomotion, so I'm not going to bother. So was, there are probably better horror games in VR. Maybe I don't know. I haven't seen any. If there are, um, there seems to be a distinct lack of them. Well, well the ones with quality anyway. A lot of them look like yeah. really bad. VR like horror games. I think VR at the, yeah, at the okay. moment having a bit of a problem with. But uh, well, there's Resident Evil Seven, but unfortunately that isn't. Well, it's not VR on PC, and we're mainly PC games. Yes. Yes, exactly. So I think that's rated as the best horror game yeah um but yeah it's not one that we can actually play but yeah it looks interesting so I'll give more feedback when I play it in non-VR but yeah so I played that and I played through I don't know I'm not played through but I played a little bit of Super Lucky's Tale in VR which is a 3D platformer it looks great and it looks fantastic problem it is... It does look great. Yeah, the problem is is that the camera moves along with the character. Yes. Had that problem too. And once again that makes me feel motion sick. Yeah. They didn't plan that out very well. I would have thought like a, a stacked level where you move one way, go up the corridor... And it slides down, and then you go back again. Could kind of work a bit better. Well, I think it would have been better if but... you were having more of a bird's eye view, so you were looking from a distance over the whole area, kind of like how Moss does it. If you've ever seen Moss, maybe, yeah, it may be, but you'd have to, um, you'd have to have it so you've got some point of uh, focus that isn't moving. Well, the character would be the only thing that was moving. That's what I mean. You've got... You're looking back over the whole area, and the only thing moving is your character. I believe Moss is available on PC. It is. I haven't picked it up yet. It was too expensive at the time. Maybe in the future. Yeah. This came with uh, my VR package, so... Fair enough. However, on... However, on the um, Game Pass for PC... You can actually play the non-VR version. So I think that's how I'll play Super Lucky's Tale. In non-VR. Yeah, I saw that on there too. Yeah. Yeah. And so for another game I played on VR was Beat Saber. Now I've always heard great things about this game. I was always told it's the best VR game currently. Um, There might be new ones, I don't know. Might be something better now. And... uh, Basically, it's a music game, kind of like Guitar Hero or Rock Band, but you are slashing it with swords. So you're using these lightsaber kind of swords to hit notes. Well, not really notes, but hitting blocks to carry on the sequence. And unlike Guitar Hero and Rock Band, this apparently is all handmade. So it's made specifically for each song. So it's a lot more... Uh, responsive I guess and, ma- and more fitting to the beat and it's beautiful looking uh, it's incredibly fun I think it's 
the best VR game I've ever played. Uh, even to the point where I've not really set my space up to be for... Um, what's the word? Where you using an area. They've got a word term for it. Room, room scale. Room scale, yeah. I haven't set my, my room up for that. However, so what I did is I've got a sofa behind me, so I just pushed that to the side and gave it a try. And it worked fine in that space, even with the ducking in that. And you definitely work up a sweat playing the game. And I think it's kind of good exercise as well as being fun, especially with my setup, because I'm having to literally squat, do really low squats to get under the yeah. uh, <laughs> the ceiling thing coming the at bars. you. yeah. So, yeah, it's turning into a good workout at the same time as being incredibly fun. So, yeah. It's a really good game. I think that is the best VR experience I've had other than playing, like, racing games and space sims like Elite and would thoroughly recommend it. I think that's the only VR game I would recommend. Have you played Super Hot VR? I have not. I was put off you because of the room it. scale. But now I can use you room don't need, scale. You don't need... Yeah, but you don't need room scale. For don't I? Dan said we did, no. so I was like put off. Who? Dan? Yeah. Oh, don't listen to Dan for anything. <laughs> Arizona Sunshine, you probably need room scale. Oh, what did you say then? then? Super hot. Oh, I thought it was not about Arizona Sunshine. Okay. No, no, no. Super hot. So super, super hot, the, the, um, the villains move when you move. Yeah, which puts me off, so, because it, on the normal game, you... you seems more better suited for that whereas this if you're just moving around just to look with your head you're going to move time aren't you um no you're not it, it, it does but very very slowly if you move around so you know you've, you've, you've got to move quite a lot to do any kind of movement but aren't I, arms but aren't I going to have to do 360s and stuff no no uh, yes yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think most of it's in front of you. I've never done 360 with Oculus I, with only yeah, two um, towers. I don't think you can, so I'm pretty sure the game doesn't have 360. I think they put you in another position if you need to do more movement, if there's an enemy behind you. Okay. The game that we were talking about yesterday, uh, last time in the... Um, the free special that one looks like you probably will have to have 360 motion what game was but that this games i can't remember what it was called but it was kind of like the john wick shooter um this one super hot yeah pretty sure you don't need to have 360 you should give it a go it's it's not as good well, as beat saber i agree with you beat saber and I, I think there's a lot of people that agree with you because it's the number one vr game in on the steam store you know, I mean, in terms of sales, it's it has something between half a million and a million players, and the median play time of t- um, two minutes, which is pretty impressive. So, out of everyone that's installed it, it's got an average play time of two minutes. And if you know anything about Steam, that's very high because most people don't even bother installing your game. So yeah, so. Uh, Beat Saber is definitely the best game. I would say, yeah, Super Hot's in there. I would say it's probably the second right now, the second best. Well, the problem uh, is I already own Super Hot, and 
Super Hot VR is 1899 and not included in the normal edition. Why don't you just put it on uh, your wish list and wait for it to go on sale? I agree, it's, it's crappy. I would talk to the developer if you can. Just message them and say, can I have a copy of the VR game or do you own a copy of your other game? Well, I mean, if they, they were slightly different games, if so they were going to do the that, team. they would have just bundled them together. So I can't imagine yeah, the devs going to be that kind. It could be because they've had to put the work in to make it a different game. Yeah, it's actually quite different. But I think this is the only VR game that's worth the full price they're asking, which is like twenty-three or twenty-two quid. What well, Beat Saber? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got it on sale actually, but at the time when I bought it, it had a lot less features, and I was like, hmm, "Is this worth it?" But now it's yeah, it's coming to the fore. And they've added, they've got their... and they've added um, official songs now from Imagine Dragons. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, you have to pay for them separately; they're not included in the normal game. Yeah, I was gonna say pay for DLC essentially. But I think it's cool that they're getting official music now. So hopefully they'll, sure. hopefully they'll continue to do that, that they'll sell well, and uh, they'll end up being a massive big roster for the game. Yeah, that'd be cool. Right, so anything I, else you played? So I would say some of the stages are kind of mean, where I was playing through, I went into solo, and I chose the song, and there was those... Three crouch, three crouch wars in a row, going over my head. It's like what? <laughs> what does this mean? D- different, different songs have different levels. You have to be yeah. paying attention. Well, I know, so. I know, but it's like staying down that low for all that length of time was mean. After I've been playing it for like an hour already, so yeah, <laughs> I just, it is mean but fun at the same time. I'm gonna continue. Yeah, so anything else? So I played through a bit of um, the expansion Hearts of Stone, Witcher 3. I completed, sure. before that I completed all of the Witcher contracts, so I got that achievement. And I started on the Hearts of Stone expansion, and the start is pretty epic. Geralt gets tricked and forced into working with someone who's a bit off. He seems kind of evil, but... At the same time, he feels trustworthy, so I wonder where they're going to go along with that. He kind of, with the way he talks, he kind of reminds me of Lucifer, so I wonder if he's going to end up being like like the devil of the um, Witcher universe. So yeah, I'm interested to see where that goes, but I've only just started. And I was playing oh, through... Yeah. And I was playing through Divinity Original Sin, which I last time I played that was a year ago, literally. June 2018 was the last time I played Divinity Original Sin. So I was lost. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where to go. And I'd forgotten pretty much all the mechanics. Everywhere I went felt super hard. I was getting stuck on traps. Um... And the final straw was I spent like half an hour to an hour beating a, a some kind of an elite mob boss creature thing. 
that was a couple of levels higher than my party. And we were just picking away, but we was keeping this, uh, my, my, my guys up. And we eventually killed it. We wandered up a staircase and was walking through some kind of ruin. And one of my people was killed by lava. Now in this game, you resurrect through scrolls. There's permadeath for your characters otherwise. So I resurrected, but the character resurrected in the lava didn't gain any kind of immunity, <laughs> and so immediately died again. Nice. So my character was dead. And I, the last time I saved was prior to fighting that boss guy. So I was like, fuck this. I was like, fuck off, I just quit. And so Good. I started the game again. So I'm going to go for it again. I wouldn't have bothered. <laughs> I don't usually like repeating stuff, but I really enjoyed the game at that point. So I'm going to start again and see if I can get for it. If it ends up the same way, then yeah, I'll just end up giving up on the game. Which is a shame because I really like it. And these are the same people making Baldur's Gate 3. So... Uh, I need to beat it, really. I know Divinity Original Sin 2 is a better game, but I'm not going to buy that without beating the first one. Um, so the last game I looked at, also a VR game. I didn't play this, but I saw this on the store. It's Vader Immortal. Have you heard, the, heard of that? No. It's a kind of Star Wars VR game where you're playing some kind of Jedi or Sith in the making or something. And there's a scene where you have a duel with Vader. And it looks pretty good in the promo video. When I was watching, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of tempted by this. Then there was a scene with a droid. And the droid spoke like a valley girl. Had the valley girl accent. Do you know what that is? Okay. No. I uh, think Clueless. Do you remember Clueless? Okay. Alicia yeah. Silverstone. Yeah, imagine her character as a droid in Star Wars. Mm, yeah. <laughs> doesn't really feel right. No, it? that really put me off. I was like, what... <laughs> What is this? Why are you doing this again? Oh. I mean, it looks good, but I guess Star Wars is just for goose now. I mean, it's just jokes. Which is, yeah. So, that's a shame. Sad. Yeah. Oh, there is another thing I heard. That, do you remember that Star Wars game we saw at E3? Yep. Apparently they fucked up in the promotion of that. Apparently it's going to be like a, a Metroidvania kind of game. So okay. you go to different you can go to any planet you want to pretty much and you will learn abilities along the way to get past obstacles in other places. So you're going to be going through different planets over and over again um, with different abilities. Think did you ever play Batman Arkham Asylum? Yes. Yeah, you remember you went around the map and you 
did everything and then you'd get the line launcher and then you could go to other places or you'd get the free backlaw thing and open up the vents in the air. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of like that. So, and that, and that kind of makes it a lot more interesting to me. So I'm kind of weird. Like, if that's true, I'm kind of weirded out that they decided to show it in a very linear, in a very boring way. I mean, usually I, I'm down with linear. I love, uh, I love just stories and linear is the best way to tell a, to tell a compelling story. So I'm up for that. But when you make your gameplay look boring as fuck, when your gameplay isn't like that at all, I'm wondering what the fuck you're doing, marketing. I would be very cautious about anything you read. Yeah. I would say I would say do not first. yeah, do not pre order this fucking game. Don't pre order it. Wait until some gameplay comes out and then see what it actually is like. Because it might be better, or it might just be the shit they showed. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's go to books. To read makes our speaking English good. Okay, have you read any books? Sure. Any comics? I have, but I'm going to save that for next week because we're getting a bit long now. Yeah, why don't you go over this quickly? I read Judge Dread Origins. By John Wagner, Carlos Sequeira, and Kev Walker. It ran from the 13th okay. of September 2006 to the 2nd of May 2007 in 23 episodes. And it basically covers the origins of how the judge system came to be. Um, Dread and his origins and the war that ruined the world. Have you ever read this? I have not. Uh, nor did I, and I've never known about how any of these events came to be. And it's really interesting. The artwork's a bit dated because, you know, early 2000s, well, mid... Well, no, yeah. I mean, it's not as old as the artwork looks. Maybe it's just 2000 AD, I don't know. But... It could just be that particular, because it's um, a square, isn't it? So. Yeah. Could just be his art style, style, I guess. Style, yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look bad. Well, I'm not saying that. It just looks like the older stuff, really, is all I'm saying. But, yeah, so you start off with a bunch of muties um, pushing their way in fraudulently into Mega City 1. And Dread investigates, finds out what's going on with that, finds a package, which leads him out into the wasteland. And along the way, he starts reminiscing and starts talking to the other judges about the things prior to the war. And along the way, you see what life is like out in the cursed earth, how people live their lives. And you go back as far as um, politics. So what, what, what Washington was doing up to the war. And how that happened. And how the judges took control. And how the mega cities were born. And how Dread and Rico came to be. It's all very interesting. And really good. And I really liked it fitting in those pieces of puzzles. I never really needed it. If this didn't exist, um, it wouldn't really bother me that much. But... 
the fact that they go through it and they explain a few things, but they don't like they don't ruin the law along the way. I, I I quite liked it. It's I think it's about just under two hundred pages. And I was reading this on the bus to work every day. Okay, so it's not particularly long. No, it's, it, I found can it you compelling. Just remind me of what the title is. Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd Origins. I just wondered if Origins is a complete tale or whether... Okay. Yeah, so you get an omnibus of that. Yeah, I haven't seen that one before. I assume you got the paperback. Um, I got it on e-format, electronically. Ah, damn you. <laughs> now I was going to borrow it off you. <laughs> I have all mine physical, so... Which is the better way to be. I got it because Humble Bundle were doing a Judge Dredd comics. Ah, okay. I probably do have it then. You probably do. I'm too... Yeah, just... I don't like reading things on my damn phone. I don't really, but I'd much rather read it on my phone and to take (laughs) a book on the bus and having to shove that into my bag and locker at work. It'd give her end. So... So you're saying that this this um, series is for one, for anyone that uh, likes Judge Dredd? Or yeah, I mean, if you're going to start uh, with keep followers, I mean, if you're going to start with Judge Dredd, this tells the whole story of how Dredd came to be, how the Cursed Earth came to be, how the Mega Cities came to be, how the Judges came to be. So if you're going to start off reading 2000 and start off reading Judge Dredd. Then this is a good place to start, I'd reckon. Cool. Sounds good. Now we'll give it a go. Yeah, I think you should. I think that's us done. Yeah, I don't really want to go into spoilers over it, especially if you want to read it. So, yep. Yep. That's it for episode five. Um... We are currently on Spotify, so you can check us out there, which probably is how you found this, I guess. I don't know. Um, hopefully we'll be on iTunes soon. They seem to be dragging their feet about that. I yeah, they will be, especially with all the swear words. Well, <laughs> on the, um, the, the RSS feed, it should add that it's explicit, so it should be fine going through. I'll try and get us on to okay. the Google Play Store because I think they do podcasts too. So I'll try and get us on there too. But if you want to contact us, you can at the Brit Geek Podcast at gmail.com. That's the best way to get us. And thank you for yep, listening. They do podcasts. Cool. Okay. Cheers. Bye bye, everyone. Bye bye. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.